0: brief <laughs> anyway listen to our
1: amazing NBA podcast The Mismatch
0: or don't we really don't care we're probably gonna win a million awards either way <laughs> Chris we do care so don't say that please
2: subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify did you really call me a bozo <laughs>
0: 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: Chicago everywhere. Check it. Check it, check,
2: it, check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here.
1: Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go Bears. Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason golf Three times a week with Jason Golf. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love the full go. With the full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason golf That
0: is what I'm, about. what I'm talking about.
1: What up, world? You're listening to the Full Go with Jason golf presented by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
0: Yeah. Welcome to episode 118 of the Full Go podcast with Jason Goff brought to you by the ring and of course Spotify is the gang. I'm sorry I, I started that thing off sounding like I was asking a question but I gotta throw that number out there and if Jesse shakes his head yes then I'm good to go. If not he chastises me for a few seconds and then I start uh, the podcast with whatever confidence I have left after uh, they being chastised. So Let's just get it out there right now. If you guys follow me on Twitter, and I hope you are, and if not, that's fine. No, it's nothing new. Uh, at Jason One Golf, I threw out there, and I like to share bits and pieces of my life because sometimes sports gets boring and you want to know who's talking to you and who you're talking to and the experiences that they're having. I, and we're recording right now, is Sunday night, right around quarter to 10, something like that. Saturday night, I thought it would be a good idea to uh, jump into a, a classic, classic film, because my son goes to a class that I found out on Thursdays called Star Class, where they just perform and sing and dance and do all that, you know, hubbub. And he told me about the movie that they watched, and I was like, oh, okay, let me know. He's like, oh, we watched The Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, oh, classic, Judy Garland. Like, oh, man, Wizard of Oz. That's what all the half-drunk substitute teachers used to wheel into the class when they didn't want to teach us back in the day. You know, that or Last Mohicans, uh, like forever in my head, will be those two movies where you see that fat back TV rolling into your classroom and, and you you can smell the vodka on some like underpaid 27-year-old teacher. You're like, oh, okay. All right. He ain't ready today or she ain't ready today. We, we about to watch The Wizard of Oz in here. So, I'm like, oh, The Wizard of Oz, that's cool. And then immediately, immediately, I'm like, mm-mm, Jay, we in June still, all right? <laughs> it's Black Music Month, and Juneteenth was a week ago. I'm like, mm, I got to do my duty as a daddy, <laughs> as a Black daddy, we going to watch The Wiz. And then I thought to myself, oh, Jay, you haven't fulfilled your level or measurement or requirement of Blackness when it comes to this movie either, because I had never seen the movie The Wiz before. If you don't know, The Wiz is pretty much the black, whimsical version and, and, and more musical and more rhythmic version, let's keep it a buck, uh, <laughs> than The Wizard of Oz, right? You got Diana Ross, you got Michael Jackson. That's a great starting point, right? So my kid looks at me because he doesn't know, right? He's, he's a kid. He's like, all right, daddy, whatever you say, Right? And he's starting to notice, by the way, like, you know, the differences in complexion and all those other things, which is wildly fascinating to me wildly fascinating because I've never had to kind of explain these things to anyone but adults and sometimes it's hard as you see in civil discourse now to explain differences to adults so now to a five year old you can already already understand because you have to be very accurate and very specific with your words because these are the building blocks of a person right you can't just be like hey we're going to watch the Wiz because this is what happens when they try to get the brothers out of Hollywood and (laughs) and they came together and put together a big budget. Oh, shout out to Richard Pryor, too, by the way, who was actually The Wiz. Uh, I'm going to get to that part, too. I'm going to get to the Richard Pryor part. Uh, But I'm like, yeah, Jay, we're going to watch The Wiz, okay? We're going to sit down. We're going to watch half the movie tonight. We're going to watch the other half in the morning because it's close to your bedtime. And I want to make sure you get, you know, your eight to 10 hours sleep, which I know you only going to get five to six because you like me and you're maniacal and you don't care about daddy's mornings. Right. So we sat on the couch. I throw on Wiz on uh, the Wiz on Prime video and it starts. Right. And it starts. at Oh, let me tell you all this, too. I started to watch The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and before, you know, the little white lady got swept up in a, to- in a tornado, right? Before that happened, I was like, mm-mm. Like when she fell in the pig pen, right? And they rescued her and, 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 and. by the way, you know, uh, Aunt Em or Auntie M, depending on where you're from, two Americans here, uh, Auntie Em, she was a real asshole. Wasn't she in that first movie? Like, the Wizard of Oz joint? Like, she was a real jerk. Like, she came out there screaming at people and saying that you shouldn't be following in pig pens and talking crazy to the help and throwing them at what seemed to be, like, biscuits or something like that for lunch, and they were very thankful for it. I'm like, well, who is this old lady? And why is she she's so mad? So I'm like, nah, Jay, we got to watch The Wiz. We start The Wiz. Make sure it's movie lights in here, right? Completely dark, right? Making sure that the sound system's all the way up. Fuck the neighbors. They, you know, it, it's my kids' weekend. You you, you know, you, you ain't gonna get it this weekend. Hope uh, hope y'all got a lot of sleep through the, throughout the week, all right? So the movie starts, and immediately I am put into a home in New York City uh, at a big ass dinner table with a bunch of brothers wearing suits and a bunch of ladies wearing dresses and a big ass. Feast taking place, where Aunt M, or Auntie M in the Wiz, is singing and slinging uh, dishes. Right, she got she got uh, a giant ham. You know, she's got uh, you know turkey. She got greens. She got everything. Right, she's just out here passing out the food. I'm like, all right, I like where this is going. I like where this is going. All right, got a real soul food vibe here. All right, then you see uh, a beleaguered Dorothy played by Diana Ross. I'm like, ah, young Diana. This is about to be sensational. Okay? This is everything that I hoped for. I'm living what was supposed to be my American black childhood again. Okay? And the movie starts to move forward, right? And all of a sudden, um, a a large black family <laughs> in the hood has a small dog who runs out in a snowstorm and one of the people chases the dog out into the snowstorm. Now, in that moment right there, I knew that this was a fictional tale because I got to be honest with you, uh, every dog that I've ever had that has run away, we didn't run outside to look for it because um, I wasn't allowed to. Usually the dog ran away because someone let it out and it was time for us to start taking care of the dog. OK, that's why you see stray dogs in the hood all the time. Don't, give me, don't, don't get sidetracked, though. She runs outside. She gets gobbled up in a, oh, it seems to, oh, by the way, my man, so astute, the greatest five-year-old of all time. He's like, is that a snow NATO? I'm like, oh, this is my guy. He called it a snow NATO. He's never seen the sharp NATO movies. And he knows already that you can combine something with NATO and make it sound cool. You feel me? So I'm I'm already beaming with pride. I'm like, this this night can't go any better. We, We begin to watch this movie. And I got to tell y'all, the whiz in the black community is the equivalent of Scarface, okay? We have been holding up Scarface for, for a very long time, as if, uh, as if Al Pacino is black, to be honest with you. We have been holding up Scarface and how horrible a movie that truly is. Like, I'll watch it again because I had uncles who watched it every single time. Day when they came to this country, uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> because if you if you see the the career arc of, of one Al Pacino as Scarface in the Scarface movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like you know, I, I, I was I was hanging around dudes who was like taking notes. Like all right, so all right, the chainsaw in the shower. Okay, all right, bet. But the Wiz is pretty much Scarface for us. It is a movie where. We feel like there's some type of connection. (laughs) We feel like there's a story that is relatable. But maybe and you know, movies movies some movies don't age well. Don't get me wrong. Now, the costuming I thought was outstanding. For that to be shot in the time that it was shot in, the costuming was amazing. Like the the scene where they go from the the green hue to the red hue to the gold hue. Oh my God, I'm sitting there like, oh, this is amazing. Now, mind you, I'm I'm, a, I'm like a drink and a half in at this point. So I'm like, anything is great. And my man's falling asleep. Night couldn't get better, okay? I'm watching this thing. I'm watching halfway through. I'm like, man, is it bad that I don't think this is good? And am I going to say that on my podcast? Yeah, I am. And I did. And I do. Hey, y'all. There's certain things that we got to chill on. And maybe I'll go back and check it out a second time. But the whiz is it. That, that wasn't good. It just wasn't. Michael Jackson wasn't allowed truly to be like, I'm ready to see Michael do his thing. You got a you got a few numbers from Mike. You got a couple numbers from Mike. The the makeup and the costume hit it. They had Mike with a double chin out there. We all know that was when Mike was, you know, running around with Brooke Shields. Like, let's like, like, stop playing. You feel me? Like like make sure that Mike is Mike in there, right? And then Diana, you know I'm I'm a big fan of Diana Ross, because, I mean, namely because Tracy Ellis Ross is on this earth. You feel me? And and she is a, a goddess of, of among you know mortals. But that thing, mm-mm, mm-mm. if there were if there were other actresses up for the <laughs> for the gig, yeah, I know Tony. You can make all these faces. That's fine. Dad, my black car was snatched years ago. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I am I I am a man with no home, and it's fine. I'll be out here on this island, all on Golf Island. You can call it Golf Island, Tony. That movie was mid at best. Man, at
1: best. look, the premise of the Wizard comes, of Oz and General the Black Avenger, y'all, <laughs> <laughs> is 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 already whack. That's that's not the that's not the question. percent, oh, premise is whack. Yeah,
0: yeah. The we just is had the trucks
1: on them. We gonna like, all right, look, we gonna take we this mid-storyline, we going to input the culture in it mm-hmm. and we're going to make it happen. And that's what they did. They took a whack storyline and they just made it happen. Look, the, the, to be perfectly honest, I had to I had to read The Wizard of Oz, so <laughs> I never saw the movie. So I already know it, it was whack, so I didn't need to see the movie. <laughs> but I had to see The Wiz because it was the culture. It was mm. us doing dope stuff with the dopest artists of that time period. Yeah. And then flipping it and making it rock. And then that's that's, Mm -hmm. that's what the Wiz essentially is. It's a rite of passage to show that we can flip anything that's trash and make it dope. And that's all the Wiz is. It's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be a flex.
0: The Wiz was state property, too.
1: That's what the Wiz was. The
0: the, the, The Wiz was a lesser version of Paper Soldiers. The Wiz couldn't knock on Payton Full's door, okay? The Wiz, if in too deep, walked into the room and saw the Wiz, it would thumb its nose and turn its back to Brokies, okay? (laughs) All right, if New Jack City was driving down the street and saw the Wiz with his thumb out on the corner, it would be like, nah, we don't pick up hitchhikers, okay? Like, and maybe I was just, you know, in a different mood. I'll go back and check it out. I know I'm going to get killed for this. Wouldn't wouldn't be the first time. And it damn sure ain't going to be the last. There's a lot of shit that I'm not down with. And y'all just scared to say that y'all not down with it either. And that's cool. That's fine. They all coming for us anyway. So why not have good taste when they take us out? I am not. This is one of those movies that I promise. you, I'm never going to watch again. I'm never going. I'm not going to lie to y'all and be like, hey, man, I'm going to check it out to see if I was wrong. Nah, I gave it 2 I gave it over the span of two different days. <laughs> I gave it the night of and I gave it the morning of. Came back, bad breath, no, you know, all all the other things in the morning and was like, ah, let me let me see if I was wrong about this. Nope was right about it again. You know how I knew it was right? Because a five-year-old looked me in the face and was like, Daddy, can we watch The Real Wizard of Oz now? I was like, oh, no. They're going to kick you out, Jay. <laughs> you are about to be kicked out of the culture. It's going to be me and you and <laughs> and Terry Crews. They're going to kick us out, man. <laughs> like, But, hey, Shout out to to everybody involved with the Wiz. If y'all still living, my apologies. I am a, I'm just a dumb podcaster having fun. But it is what it is, man. I I'm, that movie wasn't very good. And maybe it was better back then. Maybe things don't age the way they're supposed to. Uh, but in the end, y'all been lying about the Wiz for an awfully long time. And speaking of lies told, <laughs> speaking of lies told, on the White Sox baseball. <laughs> Remember what we thought this year was going to be? You remember? You remember all that shit I was talking last year at the end of the playoffs? And how the playoffs ended? As a White Sox fan, this thing has been less than fun. But you know who's here to save us? You know who's here to save us, y'all? Steve Stone's Twitter. That's who's here to save us. I I there's a lot of things that I could forecast, a lot of things that I could prognosticate, predict, and they're all fancy ways of saying the same shit, so don't mind me. But I would have never been able to guess that venerable baseball broadcaster, knowledgeable dude, uh w- one of the one of the greatest broadcasters in this city's history. Let's let's keep it a buck. Steve Stone to go rogue <laughs> and start getting at all of the White Sox fans on Twitter, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is the part of the season where people are going crazy, chanting "Fire Tony Labrusa" at the games. Like at this point, I don't even think they're talking to Tony anymore. I think they're talking to everybody in the organization, and that's just become the the you know the beck and call that that's become the the the, the horn that they can blow. That's become Uh, the siren that you could sound off, which is fire Steve Stone. But man, little did I know, little did I know that Steve Stone was going to get on Twitter and tell y'all exactly how he felt about life. So if you don't know, Steve Stone a day ago, and we're recording on Sunday now, a day ago tweeted this. Quote, we seem to have hit a nexus. I call it thinning out the herd. For those of you heading for the exits, adios. For those of you who want the coaches fired, the manager gone, the players traded, and the owner replaced, that's not practical. Welcome to a less bitter world, all others. Y'all got to understand, when a broadcaster talks like this, people notice, okay? And I won't lie to y'all, When I first read it, I thought to myself, what the fuck? Like, duh. (laughs) It's okay for for Sox fans to not be happy about what they've seen this year. It's okay for Sox fans to make gripes and legitimate ones about the moves that were or weren't made in the offseason leading to this outcome this year. It's okay for White Sox fans to look at Tony LaRusse and ask, hey, if you hurt, I can dig it. If guys are underperforming, I can dig it. But all the baseball stuff that we thought was going to get tightened up around here is lacking. Throwing behind runners, missing cutoff men, not hitting cutoff men, uh, running into outs, getting picked off of first base when you've got one out and Andrew Vaughn up. Like Like that happened a few days ago with T.A. Um, You know, all the stuff that happened in the beginning of the year where pitchers were being taken out and pretty much were grimacing at Tony La Russa every time he came out to the mound because they were unhappy with the uh, the length of the leash or lack thereof for them to go out there and do their jobs. All those things surrounding Tony La Russa. And I was like, ah, eh, those are the things that I didn't plan on worrying about. Then I had to zoom out a little bit because conversations, arguments, disagreements, um, diatribes, whatever the case may be, are nuanced, right? You go on any kind of run, you start talking, hopefully there's some nuanced text in there, and hopefully there's some context that you're providing to, to further uh, illuminate your point. So I'll do it in this manner. I understand where Steve Stone is coming from. I do, because Steve Stone works for the organization. He also is a baseball man, play the game, knows the game, like few do. And few do that it can um, put a sentence together and, and, and tell you what's going on or predict pitches. Like Steve Stone has been doing for 40 years what Tony Romo has been doing for three, four years right here in the city of Chicago, right? And he does it in a way with a tone that some may think uh, is off-putting or condescending. I feel like a lot of that is projection. Right? Like, if you know you one of the cool dudes in the room, you ain't got to worry about somebody think you uncool. And I think that happens a lot with sports fans. It's like, is he talking down to me? Well, guess what? If you just look at it as you talking to him and he's talking to you and y'all on the same level, you'll have a laugh at the joke that he's trying to make. That's how I consume. That's how I digest Steve Stone's broadcast. That's how I digest him and Jason Bonetti. I think they do a terrific job. But I will also say this. Be very, very careful who you're talking to. Because if there's anybody to tell, (laughs) hey, find the exits, uh, you ain't got to tell White Sox fans that. You truly don't have to tell White. Like the diehard White Sox fans, they're going to be there, right? The the people who love this team and who watch every single game through the rebuild, after the rebuild, during the time where they're supposed to be contending, like right now, they're going to watch this team no matter what. But there's also a faction of fans out there who, let's face it, this city has a lot more fair weather fans than it would like to admit. Like, I know this is a big market, third biggest market in the country, and a, a bunch of proud and venerable organizations and a bunch of fan bases who are tried and true, but there's also a lot of casual fans. And guess what? The younger generation of fan that's growing up now has the option to be casual. So, I wonder how it sits, not only with the organization, but with White Sox fans when broadcasters and the manager and other people of the organization are telling you, hey, shut up and enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, get the fuck out. Like, that can be harsh. I remember when John Garland told fans they couldn't boo years and years and years ago or they shouldn't boo and got killed for it. Now, I'm not a booer. I don't engage in it. I feel like I'm not part of the show. So if you ain't playing well, you don't need me to remind you. If you're playing well, I'll clap, you know, because I'm not a hater, right? And I'm not saying that anybody out there that booze is a hater. I'm just not built like that. I don't have time to stand up at a function or an event that I paid for or somebody gave me tickets to to voice my displeasure. I voice my displeasure by leaving and going find, and usually these these events are, are occurring at night. I leave. And I go find something more pleasurable to engage myself in, in, in the nighttime hour, right? That's that's just how I look at it. If you boo, if you do whatever you do, knock yourself out. It's just not my bag. It's, I've never been into it. I've never been a, a kid that wanted to boo. My daddy wasn't a hater. He ain't raised no hating ass kid. And like if you out there raising your kid to boo when something goes wrong, knock yourself out. Not ra- not not judging your parents and just not how I get down. I don't boo, right? But. There are a lot of people out there who do and who will continue to boot. It is it is up to the White Sox to change all that. So as Steve Stone is talking to y'all through Twitter, and by the way, I see you, Stoney, he backed it up with a really, really nice tweet today, you know, telling people about the ballpark and all that other. Like he he shined it up real good for you. Like, hey, listen, I, you know, I was upset and had a bad night last night, but hey, there's another day. Baseball is always around. <laughs> throughout the summer. It's the su- it's the soundtrack of your summer. Come hang out with us here on White Sox broadcast. I-, I can dig it, and I know why he did it. But man, this team, you know, thank God for Dylan Cease, goes out, gets his career-high 13 strikeouts, um, Was fans six of the first seven, like he did, what, three or four starts ago when he fanned the first five, and then caught, you know, a little bit of hell, ran into a little bit of a jam third time through the lineup. Dylan Cease is an elite-level pitcher, and if Lucas G. Lito can string together two or three starts, if Michael Kopeck can stay healthy, this thing, and, and as bad as this division is, and it truly is, like, I mean, let's not front, like, the Guardians and the Twins or anything to be matched up with. The White Sox should feel bad that they are uh, in the position that they are in right now, but don't feel so bad that you, you play your ass out. Because uh, of listless attitudes or lack of, um, I won't say emotion because that's too hacky, but just lack of just good baseball sense. Like I don't even need this team to bash the ball out of the park. At, you know, at the at the tune of nine, ten runs, I just need them to stop doing dumb shit. You're right. I need them to start playing baseball the way not only that they're supposed to, but that that I know they can. The the, the baseball that they were playing before Tony Larusa was here. Right, some of the some of the fundamental things that you saw under Ricky Renteria that needed to be fine tuned. We fast forward two, three years later, they still need to be fine tuned. So if it ain't on the manager, it's got to be on the players. But this is the other thing that I don't understand: his attraction and Josh Harrison. Anytime we do a pod, seemingly Josh Harrison has like his his big game. So so Josh Harrison played well in the final game against the Orioles, but the games leading up to that, I mean. You've got Lennon Soso who you want to see and you got Larry Garcia out there. All right? Like Tony La Russa is he's loyal to veterans the way that veteran managers and veteran coaches always are because you know what you're going to get. But you also know what you're not going to get at this point. The sample size is big enough with some of these players. Throw some some young blood in there and guess what? The guy goes out, gets his first hit, it's a part of a win, you know, scores a run. Not saying the Landon Sosa is going to be the dude for the long run, but yeah, it, it's there. There are some definite holes uh, in this year's resume, managerially, and also on the field. Not just injuries. It, this team continues to do one or two things a game where you're like, that can't happen if you're going to be hurt, right? If you're hurt, you got to focus that much more. If you're hurt, you got to run the bases that much smarter. If you're hurt you have to find the right base to throw to. And some of the, I won't say lollygagging, but some of the the lapses in concentration, some of the lapses in focus or fundamental skills just can't happen anymore. I'm not a part of the fire Tony La crew, but I will say this, he's this team and sometimes he makes a good enough case for the people that are chanting that. So, Stoney, continue to do your best. Tupac rocking out of the courtroom right, and spitting on everybody on the way to the truck, which it seems like he was on a day ago. But in the end, it's up to the players and the manager. And so far, it's been a below average product. And I don't know what you expect in terms of a reaction because Sox fans have given you exactly what you thought Sox fans should give you.
1: And I thought uh, for sure he was going to. Uh make Jerry or the White Sox uh, the Wiz. I mean, the Wizard of Oz. I thought for sure you were going to make that. Connection. Oh,
0: we're still here. we still uh, here with it then. Shit. I, you could do that because you just did it. And I'm <laughs> going to say this right now. Hey, man, let Richard Pryor save the movie a lot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> like, W- what you what you keeping him in the tuck for the last 10 minutes unless, you know, because Richard was a wild boy, unless Richard wasn't on set the way he was supposed to, and you had to rewrite some things, whatever the case may be, but come on, dog. I had to watch. I had to watch all of that. Like, I had to watch all of that to get to 7, 10, 15 minutes of Richard Pryor. Nah, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. You,
1: you can... Yeah, man, like, you had to like they had to go see the Wiz. You had to come see the White Sides two years ago. Like we were no. projecting that. Yeah. And then they get they got to the end and you look behind the curtain and it's like This is it. This is it. Is it really? <laughs> the league was supposed hey. to be scared of this?
0: Hey, just hey, this season, just like the Wiz. <laughs> might be some mid. <laughs> and and this season just like, just like the Wiz only I am able to identify it early enough <laughs> because y'all have been lying to y'all said Jesse Tony look up the year that movie was made for me real quickly. Jump on the internet machine real quick because I I got a 1978. Okay. So for <laughs> for 40 was it forty four years? For 42, 43, 44 years, whatever the case may be, y'all have been lying to people about what that movie is, and I am standing on it. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in even more. I'm gonna dig in even more. Whoever else they might have casted or should have casted for some of those roles, shame on you. Shame on you. That, that movie was some mid and. uh Y'all ain't going to fool me ever again into watching Scarface the
1: musical. We'll be back with more of the full go with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
1: Cubs talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the Cubs
3: have won the ball game. Can you believe it?
1: Wow. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. All
0: right, Maddie. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you already know who it is. Um, she's joined us. What, spring training? Like, right yeah. right at the end of spring training? Oh, look at this. Look at us. Look at us checking in. Our, 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 what is it? Our 70-game our mark. Oh, we checking gosh. in with Maddie Lee. <laughs> Chicago It feels sometimes. like
4: it's been so much longer.
0: Dude, dude. I, listen, I'm not going to lie, Maddie. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't watch every Cubs game, okay? That's fine. You know, it, it, coming into the new year, and listen, I know I'm six months late. But coming into the new year, I figured I'd stop bullshitting as much as I used to, right? So I'm not going to sit here and tell people that I've been watching every single at-bat of Rafael Ortega, okay? I'm not I'm not trying to let people and know been that.
4: <laughs> they've <do. laughs> There you go.
0: There you go. Right on cue. This is why we got you, man. <laughs> this is why we got you. Chicago Sun-Times beat writer, uh, covers the Chicago Cubs like a blanket. And also, also podcast host. Of uh, more than a white man's game on House of L Network. Indeed, we're. This is breaking news, but we're
5: we're talking about rebranding. We've taken a little bit of a break. Um, I've got to give Lawrence Holmes a call. The... To to really get this thing back up and running, but uh-huh. we'll have some news on that at some point. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 because, you know, I read the title. I was like, oh, shit, is this my pod? Like, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, Maddie out here stirring it up like that. I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> All right, so the Cubs win the series uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals, the dreaded St. Louis Cardinals, but yet and still, you know, summer, summer weeks are getting ready to fly by, and Cubs fans are watching substandard baseball. And once you kind of reset the menu for people, they don't want to go back to, you know, you know Vienna sausages, right? <laughs> they they want the, they want the steak. Shout out to a good Vienna sausage, though. People people sleep. Did you ever used to eat the breakfast ones where you kind of like they were they were the the they were the texture was so wild that you can kind of spread them. I, I don't I'm know fine. if I'm sharing poor no. <laughs> tales with you here. Okay, there it is. There it is. Tony, chime in with me real quick because I need someone to 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 uh, confirm and validate. Uh, The poverty, apparently, that I grew up in. We used to get those joints and spread them uh, for a little breakfast meal. People are used to steak over this last five years or so, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're getting back to a meal that you may not like. And then you see all the cranes, by the way. No, no, no pun intended. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs)
4: like a pun.
0: No pun intended. You see all the cranes all around Wrigley Field. You, You know, wherever you see cranes, that's where you see money. again. No pun intended. <laughs> this and
5: feels then, very <laughs> spot on. This <laughs> feels like a very on-the-nose metaphor, but I, sure, I'll I, take your I, word listen, for it.
0: <laughs> listen, double entendre. Don't ask me how. Like this is, I, I can't string a sentence together, but I can, I can knock down a double entendre for you. Um, there's a lot of money that's getting ready to be poured into the coffers with the new sports book that's being built. The hotels, obviously, they bought up every one of the damn uh, uh, rooftop joints, right? Do Cubs fans have a legitimate gripe about what this team should be?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think what it comes down to is they were promised at the beginning of the last rebuild that they were going to see sustained success, and they went through the rough year like the 2012s, the 2013s. I mean, they're on pace again to for a hundred. The last I checked, for another hundred loss season, like. People know what it was like at the beginning of that rebuild and they feel like this is too soon to be going through that again. And that's absolutely fair. I mean, even Jed Hoyer has said, looking back, they're so proud of what they did, but they had hoped that it would have lasted a little bit longer. And so now he's trying to, this time around, even though he won't call it a rebuild, he's trying to fix the things that they didn't do as well in the last rebuild. And, you know, the most obvious of that is the developing homegrown pitching and they've put a lot of resources into that and you're seeing you're seeing that play out in a good way um but it's come with a lot of losses as their rotation has has sustained injuries and this was never a team this year's team was never a team built to win it all for sure probably not even to compete for the top couple spots in in the division as as this team was built and of course it's looking way worse than that now so they can say like yes we want to compete but part of that is like we want to compete but a lot of things would have to go our way and they have not.
0: Did Jed Hoyer and the rest of the organization paint themselves in a the bad corner by refusing to embrace the rebuild mantra? Um, because looking back at it, if you sell this thing a little bit differently, maybe maybe you're not under the gun as much as you are right now.
5: Sure. I think it can cut two ways, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing right now is Jed Hoyer has really dug his heels in on like, you guys define it. I'm not going to put a label on it. That's your job. Which Bam. like fair that is Accurate. like fair, that is that is our job. Um, and so people are pissed, right? And we're having the conversations about transparency and all of that. The flip side of it is what if he had come out and been like, all right, yeah, we're rebuilding? People would still be pissed. <laughs> right. Because they're like, Well, we're a large market team, like as fans of that team, why do we have to go through this again? Because uh, like you said at the beginning, they set the new standard, and as a team in Chicago, we look at the product on the field right now, and, and it's as you said, bad.
0: It's bad. It's bad. Um, who are the Anthony Rizzo's, the Javi Baez, the Chris Bryant's, uh, the, the cornerstones of this team? Was it a decade ago Anthony Rizzo got called up? to the majors my god it's 10 years ago now by the way uh and he obviously is doing his thing with the yankees right now doing more than his thing and and that's after giving them a hometown discount and then saying hey can you pay me on the back end when when it comes time and they said nope can't pay you who are those guys on this team or are those guys on this team or in the, the farm system right now
5: i think it's too early to say um Certainly some of the guys that they would like to be those guys include Nico Horner, um, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, maybe Nick Madrigal, but it depends on what he does in terms of his development at the major league level because he has not looked like the player that he was with the White Sox. But he also went through a very major surgery and major injury. So um, I think it's fair to ask for time to see what he actually is, what his ceiling actually can be. So on the major league roster, those are some of the guys who they, you know, hope can prove to be part of that kind of next core. Caleb Killian, who we've seen in flashes, obviously he's struggled some, but that timeline was also pushed up because of injuries. And he's going to, developed plenty and has shown signs that he can be very good. Brennan Davis, obviously injury has delayed his, you know, big league debut, but, um, he's another guy who could potentially be part of that core. Christopher morell. I can't believe yeah. it's taken me this long to say his yeah. name. I, I think has shocked a lot of people and really established himself as a guy who can be a difference maker and is already A difference maker on this team even as he you know made the jump from double a this year so i mean they have a lot of really young exciting pieces that i think fans can latch on to and we can make guesses now but you never know like a an an injury to a key player can completely swing that or you know maybe some of the young guys that they got in the trades for the last couple years don't develop at the speed that they thought or maybe uh, develop faster than they thought. And that pushes it forward it Can go either way. So those are the, some of the guys that I'd highlight, but long answer short, we don't really, we can't say for sure.
0: Well, you know, I, I listen to you because you told me that Zach Efron was going to be coming out the bullpen and you know, he, <laughs> he he was outstanding for the short amount of time that i was able to watch him so you remember that yeah my man jack efron uh, i'm like damn yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, tv money and movie money ain't doing Stop. what it's supposed to do
5: <laughs> i he mean, could probably get by right yeah
0: yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah i listen to you so, i listen I mean, to you
5: to, to say exactly what i said last time uh Scott Efrost, <laughs> guy to look out for. <laughs> Definitely did not butcher his name <laughs> because I don't. know oh, if don't, the worry. don't worry, don't the, the
0: Bulls, the, don't worry. The Bulls drafted a young man who had the greatest night of his life. Nineteen-year-old kid, uh, you know, 18th pick overall. Enthusiastic, couldn't wait to be a part of NBA basketball. And immediately, I was like, the Bulls have drafted Jalen Terry. And that was wrong because it's Dalen Terry. So don't don't worry. This this ain't your <laughs> this ain't your first, and that damn show sure ain't gonna be your last. I promise you that. I promise you that. Um, Ian Happ, Ian Happ and Wilson yeah. Contreras. I wanna I wanna combo this question. Do the Cubs serve better by keeping those two and hoping that they are still viable entities when it's time to contend again, or do you have to fill up that minor league system with prospects? Right now,
5: I'm going to start by not answering your question directly. See,
0: well, guess what? You know what? This is (laughs) this is not why we called you. Transparency
5: (laughs) is dead.
0: All right, right. right. Go ahead. (laughs) Do you think?
5: think? I, I think we're all expecting Wilson Contreras to be traded. I mean, every time that I write about him, I have to put in a line about the trade deadline and his contract and how we saw what happened last year in a similar situation. He's not letting it affect him and yada, yada, yada. Um, so, I mean, I think we're all bracing for that. That being said, that's not because the Cubs have said that that's what they're going to do. Right. Um, so it's still possible that they're like, Hey, we can come to a, contract extension and have him as kind of the the center of this thing but also especially with the way that he's playing this year I mean that's a huge trade asset right like you could get back a lot for him and if you know you're not looking at winning in the next couple years and you know catcher's a, a position that really wears on you fast I mean he. I don't think that he's going to wear out in the right. next couple of years, right. but when you're, you're trying, you're wearing, you're weighing timeline and uh, the type of return that you could get Cubs at the end of the day, they're going to look for a lot back for him. Right. Um, and if, if they get that, they're good. If they get the price that they want, I'm sure that they will, they'll go ahead with it. Um, Ian Happ, you're another guy who is having his, basically a breakout season and so oh, yeah. is that is that june one has of been the, crazy for him the, yeah and he's hitting from both sides of the plate which he hasn't proven mm-hmm. that he could do before uh
0: He's I'm hitting so... like a man who wants to be on a winning baseball team. That's <laughs> right. what he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like those conversations that happen with your age and like, hey man, let me tell you something. If all all you need to do is hit like a star for this next <laughs> month and a half, we can get you in Atlanta. We can get you in LA. We can get you wherever you need to go, baby.
5: And look what he's doing. And he's seen one of his really good friends, Anthony Rizzo, even though Rizzo wasn't hitting well before the trade deadline. Right, and, right. And- still ends up on a winning team and uh I mean he could be one of those guys where the Cubs look at him and they're like so he's doing really well can we maximize this right now while he's on this tear lining up perfectly with the trade deadline being in a little over a month uh so I mean yeah those are definitely good possibilities that being said I mean they're young enough that you can build around them if you find yourself in that that position um but you know i don't this is not going to be a trade deadline where the cubs add <laughs> uh, and they're going to be trying to get the most out of out of their trade assets granted they also have a lot of guys that they can trade mm-hmm. uh including a bunch of guys on um on short-term contracts that could be, you know, guys out of the bullpen who can be a, a really nice loan for someone who's competing, all of that. So, you know, they could reach a point where they're like, yeah, we did what we wanted to, we got enough back. You know, maybe we, maybe we don't move half or maybe we, or maybe we wait until this winter to see where we're at. Uh, but yeah, that, that deadline's coming up fast.
0: What's the hardest thing about covering a season like this? Whether it be the interpersonal um, relationships that you have with people who may be moving on, uh, the, the the tough times that you see wearing on people. Because I, I, don't, I don't think we talk about enough the relationship between the covers and the coverees and right. how each daily experience, whatever you're going through at home and whatever they're going through professionally and personally at home, like, you get smashed together after a win or after a loss, and it's now time to do the work, right? So, yeah. what what comes to mind when you think of this season so far, seventy five games in or so, uh, with this team and how this season has gone, and and how it's affected you, and how you know how you are tasked to do your job in a way that's not only compelling but informative. Sure. No, I I
5: really appreciate that question. You're
0: right; we don't talk about it much. Um, I think it's probably
5: well. Part of it is you're making all these uh, with this team, right? They have so many guys who are coming in who are new and you're making all these connections and getting to know guys and getting to know their quirks and getting to know, you know, the types of questions that they'll respond to and all of this. Knowing, what question
0: do you know not to ask somebody? Oh, Tell God, me right Mom. now and it just came in your head <laughs> whoever it was, what question do you know not to ask such a per a certain person? Well,
5: I mean, we, Ian Happ doesn't love being asked about whether he's going to be traded months of ahead of... <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
0: So you're in, or you're you owning. What, what, what's happening, Ian? You, you're getting ready to pack everything up? <laughs> Way to go two or three today. How's uh, your lease? <laughs> right, um, right, there, right,
5: Flexible? Right, right, right. It?
0: right. It's a month-to-month joint going on? What's <laughs> happening over there? And if so, can I house it, you know?
5: <laughs> um. But yeah, you're doing all of that, knowing that might not pay off at all in the long run because who knows who's going to be here in the month, right? Um, and then there uh, there are stretches where like that 10-game losing streak, for a while they at least were losing in some different ways. And then we hit that stretch where it was like, Oh, no, it's the starting pitching. And the starting yeah. pitching is rough because they have three guys on the aisle and they have a bunch of young guys who are working through mechanical issues and aren't, you know, are having short starts because of that. How many times could I write that story and make it new and interesting so that I'm not bored and my readers aren't bored and we're like tapping into something that people care about? <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's, I mean, making sure that you're still. That A, you care about what you're writing about because it's this a long season, and I figure if I'm bored, my readers are gonna be bored. Um, and then be like ba- figuring out that balance of like some people want it to be all about the rebuild, all about the future. Mm-hmm. Other people are like, I want to hear about Wilson hitting the game, having the game winning RBI single. Like, right. why, they want to live in a moment. Have- exactly yeah. so finding that balance and and trying to uh i guess make sure that all span of readers are are being entertained
0: so let me ask you this as we let you go cuz I, I got shit from uh, tony gill and and like whenever that happens you know you got to check yourself right cuz you get <laughs> one you got to realize should i respond to this and that and then two you got to protect your name and honor um I watched The Wiz for the first time uh, last night and then second half of it this morning with my son. I've never seen it. He had never seen it. Obviously, he's five years old. Um, the Wiz is a, a a black. Don't worry, Maddie. Don't worry. You're going to know why. I know what no, it is. You're
2: it's
4: gonna Wizard know why of you don't... Oz. Yeah, but, no, oh, no.
0: but you're, you're going to know why you don't have to worry in a moment. Um, <laughs> it is a black cultural staple, right? And there's a there's a few of these that I haven't sampled yet. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I, I keep trying to describe my past to people. Like, I'm first generation born here. Like, anytime... Like, I didn't learn how to play spades until I was, like, 27, 28, something like that. So anytime I run into Black people and they're like, you haven't done this Black shit? And I'm like, uh, my parents were not born here, so it's a different kind of Black <laughs> shit, right? What culturally significant movie or show or album, whatever the case it is, that you always hear people reference you like, uh, I don't want to mention in this large group or to this person that I haven't experienced this yet. And I don't feel two ways about it that I haven't experienced it yet.
5: I have so many uh, because <laughs> <laughs> my my parents were big on the like television rocks your brain thing at, uh, when I was little. So I only I only like watched PBS and stuff growing up. So like all these like Nickelodeon staples and stuff. Like I've got got massive, I've got massive holes. It was like, if I was at my friend's house. So this came up the other day. Actually, I was talking to uh, one of the Cubs PR people, shout out Will. And he made, was it Pinky and? Pinky and the
0: Brain.
5: Yeah. Pinky and (laughs) the Brain. So he made a Pinky and the Brain reference. And I like what are we
0: gonna do, Brain? What we try to do every day, which is take over yes. the world.
5: <laughs> that was the reference.
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, Maddie! And now her now her zoom Smiles is freezing. And okay, okay, oh. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say they getting you out of here because you ain't no pinky in the brain. <laughs> Can, am I back? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Back to your uh, piggy in the brain store.
5: Yeah. So so I like laugh along because I can tell that it's a reference. Um, but don't don't want to give away that you don't I, have, know I can't tell you what it's from. And then he straight up asked me. He's like, he could tell. Isn't that, that the lying. worst when they bust
0: you out? Like, like you no, know, I don't oh. know what it is.
5: Um, And then the other thing that they always make, they as in like the whole beat, (laughs) make fun of me for, is I've got like somewhere in my elementary school education, maps were not a big thing. (laughs) And so if you ask me any geography questions, even if it's like within a couple states of where I grew up, I'm lost. I'm-, I'm right
0: there with you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. The pe- the people who can name all the capitals and and name the states in alphabetical order. That don't worry about that. They they ended up you know they ended up not being what they wanted to be in life. Don't don't even don't even sweat that. I'm with you on that one. Geography is overrated <laughs> for in the in, for the long run it and stops. the short run. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean- it's not tough. No, no. See, you're being <laughs> nice, Maddie. It ain't tough. It ain't tough. Just because you know the capital of Arizona don't mean you <laughs> gonna so make it sorry. in life. So don't don't lie to these kids. Okay, I told my son just learn how to read and know that math never changes. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, yeah.
5: Well, they so really got that. on me about not knowing all of the the Great Lakes. But what my, my what I came back with was. I grew up on the West Coast. Like, you guys all are from Chicago. The Great Lakes are a big thing. They're not that big for Washington. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Uh, and all you got to do. I, I should have stopped. I should have stopped. A, yeah, you should should have Yeah, yeah, this is, this is where we separate right here. All you got to do, and this is for the kid, for all you young listeners listening out there, uh, homes, that's all you got to do, is think of the word homes. Huh. Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. That's it. That's it. That's it. Homes. Sit.
5: Well, that would have been nice if someone told me before <coughs> I went and admitted it on a or, on a national podcast. Don't worry right. about it.
0: Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's super local. Nobody's gonna hear you. Good, <laughs> Maddie. As always, I appreciate your time. Uh, this was cool. I'm glad we talked. What well, we talked at the end there to pep this interview up because the Cubs damn sure ain't doing it for us. Um, <laughs> you keep doing a great job not only for the Chicago Sun Times, but also for the House of L Network. And uh, we'll have you on again soon. I appreciate you.
5: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes, ma'am. Maddie Lee joining us right here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff.
1: Time for some commercials.
2: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when. To sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.
1: Hey guys, this is
0: Azuige, and you are listening to the full Go with Jason Goff on the Ringer in Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we go from one amazing interview to another one. Uh, it's, it's ladies' night here on uh, the Full Go podcast, which it should be every night because after a while, you talk to too many men, you get the same damn conversations you know you can't can't let your your man toughness down like i like talking to the ladies in the game a lot more because one you get to have like a cool conversation it's not dudes lowering they be- like i've had a couple of guests on here i'm like man your, your voice ain't that low why why are we talking in this low <laughs> register okay i've had comedians on here who act like they ain't met me before shout out to little rail like shit shit is always weird when a guy is on here But when we get the ladies on here, like Maddie Lee and now Shakia Taylor. Now, this is the thing. I don't want to mess up because there's new money in the room, y'all. I don't want to mess up the title because I have been trying to get shake on this podcast. Tony, listen, you just jumped on, what, like a month ago now? Something like that? Jesse been riding for a while. I've been trying to get shake on here for a minute. Uh, She told me one time, y'all, that...
3: Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. (laughs) Don't blow up the spot. Don't even do that. You're right. You're going to get right on past that. You're right.
0: You're right. I'm just glad I got into the three-week <laughs> grace period. You know, this woman needs three weeks. For, <laughs> you, she, she the one with the Instagram bio to say for booking info. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I got to
3: add a plane to it now then, right? Gotta, oh, you already
0: know. You already know. Catch flights, not feelings. <laughs> all the other shit that the sad girls say to themselves. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, shout out to them right now who aren't listening. <laughs> it's some 54-year-old white dude named Tom who's like, I don't understand what they're saying. But I'm enjoying it. So, Shake, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself to the people because she is um, not only a mover and shaker in the city, but people outside of this city that I respect greatly uh, respect Shakia Taylor. You can follow her on Twitter at Curly Afro. She is now running things. Okay. She is now running things, and she's going to try to talk down about it. She's going to try to make sure it don't sound like she's running things. But <laughs> if you ever catch her on Twitter, you know she's running things. So, Shakia, <laughs> introduce yourself to the Full Go Ringer Spotify audience.
3: What's up, everybody? I am Shakia Taylor. I refer to myself as a magnificent rhyme writer, but my newest title is Deputy Senior Content Editor at the Chicago Tribune.
0: There it is, like oh wait, check it out. And she, if y'all not watching on Channel Zero, she just flipped the hair too. By the way, so so th- I, I will tell you this, Shake. I read the Marcus Stroman do rag piece, and I was like, oh, this motherfucker crazy. Like I, I am, I am with it. Like like she set aside time, <laughs> she set aside uh, creativity. She she set aside. Are all the the machinations that you need to pen not only an intriguing piece but an entertaining piece? And since then, I've been following your work. What what is um what is that intersection for you with not only blackness and baseball but sports and um, women in sports and their eyes on things? Like I, I I read your stuff and I I get this I get this feeling and it's not overwrought you know, it's, it's straight to the point. It's not heavier than it needs to be, just heavy as it has to be. Um, there's seriousness, there's funny, all those things. And I'm sure this all comes out in your personality, but what empowered you? Because uh, I think it's important that we, we key on that. What empowered you to write the way that you do?
3: Um, there was nobody else and there is nobody else right now writing the way I write, talking the way I talk, right? Like, there was Claire Smith in the arena like she's the OG super super respect to her but like Claire Smith is not dropping rap lyrics in her pieces <laughs> and like that's what I do that's kind of what I bring to it and I felt like there was nobody like me they you weren't seeing the black girls you know with the acrylics and the hoop earrings you, you know feel me? and and like I felt like that energy was needed. It's needed across all genre of sport, right? And the other part is a lot of people tend to write, whether they do it intentionally or not, but with white people in mind. They write with the white gaze in mind. Well, for me, shout out to my parents, Blackness is my default. Like, I was always taught not to operate within that. So, like, when I'm writing, yeah, I'm writing for everybody, but I write with a very specific cultural perspective. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't expect it to pop the way it did. Like, I really wasn't expecting people to be, like, really into that, but people are. And, like, I, I mean, people get my, my jokes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I got to feel like, am I explaining this too much or whatever? <laughs> you know, like, I had somebody tell me I misspelled blue rag and I was like, hold up. Wait a minute, Barry. Barry, I do this. I do this, Barry. You've never worn a do-rag in your life. Don't oh. tell me how to spell it. So, like, that's oh, what it is wait. for me. It's, I get to infuse that, like, you know, that, that I was a kid in the 90s, that, you know, I remember when baseball was cool for Black people. So let's try to bring that back. Like, I want to restore the feeling.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, as a person who's also never worn a do-rag, but also who knows how to spell it, by the way. And yeah, my, my waves were never manufactured. Uh, I I earned every wave that I had. And as you can see now, you know, God <laughs> God thought that that was too much power for one man to have and he snatched that away from me. And now I'm out here, you know, getting my, you know, my what is it? Um my what is it? Hawk from uh what was that show back in the day? It was oh my god, Spencer for Hire with the brother. <laughs> you remember the brothers just didn't say nothing in a leather jacket, it was bald? Ah, uh, damn. I think it was a Tom Selleck show. I could I could be wrong. Um but now that we're in this arena and you always gotta think about um the angles and the stories that you're going for. How do you how do you choose a lighthearted story versus a serious story and put the proper amount of spin on it? Like for instance, you know, the Britney Griner stuff, as opposed to the Marcus Stroman stuff. Now there's seriousness in both because you delve into uh what makes these people and their experiences. But um I, I, I often feel like people when they hear things from the black perspective can easily like turn away from it because it gets a little bit too much for them. And it's like, well, you mm-hmm. know, just imagine what it's like to actually be a person who's you're know, moving in this, this atmosphere. So how do you, how do you make it digestible without having to make it digestible seemingly?
3: I just try to keep it honest. Like I've got to tell you everything I write, whatever you feel, is probably exactly how I felt when I was writing it. Like that strophies. I was having a lot of fun with it. You know, like I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I, and everyone who I talked to was like, you are nuts. You're about to spend eight, nine hours rewatching Stroke Starts and documenting his do-rag. And like off the top of your head, you're like, that's insane. But it was fun. Like I was having fun with it. I'm at my desk. I'm tweeting through it. Um, you know, I'm like, okay. And I was listening to his different like um, walk up songs for when he was coming out. So, you know, it's like, whatever you get from the piece, that's exactly what I'm putting into it and what I want you to have. The only problem with it, and people ask me this all the time is once I file it though, it's gone for me. It's no longer, you know, like it's no longer there for me. So when we're talking about it, After the fact, I'm like, whatever you got is what I put put into it. I don't feel that way about it now, but I'm glad, you know, that everybody else is into it. And I think with talking about culture in sport, there is a certain level of seriousness that has to be had, right? Like, because one of my biggest pet peeves is non-Black people love to borrow Black culture, but they don't ever, ever understand it and they misuse it. Like right now, we got the Yankees talking about they got some dog in them. What? Like, that's dead now. Stop it. Right, new.
0: right. It's like when Chris Berman used to reference anything, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> but like it's like it's over with. It's over with. You can't do anything with it anymore. So I try not to be that black person explaining things to non black people. So that's mm. kind of where I, I tow it. Like, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you what's going on, I'm gonna bring the history forward, but you gotta do the work yourself. Remember that commercial? No, my brother, you got to get your own. Like yeah. Ew. that's where I am with it. If you get it, you get it. If you
0: don't, you don't. My writing is very, if you know, you know. So, and the other thing too. I don't know how you could be much of a dog if you, you're not allowed to have facial hair. Like, uh, <laughs> like you know, like eh, only brothers I know with no facial hair running for president. So, <laughs> See, now all the brothers with no facial hair going to be pissed. Like, Paul Pierce going to be listening to this. Like I, I want can't. them to
3: be mad. I want them to be or, mad. Or, or
0: they went to the nation. Shout out to the brothers in the nation. Okay, I don't want none of those they problems. They can't be
3: mad at me. Yeah. Right.
0: No, no. No, no. They can. I just don't nah. want to feel it.
3: Okay? I, don't, yeah. I, I don't want them to be mad at me. Yeah, but everybody no, no. else, I got smoke. Grow your facial hair. What are you doing? <laughs> You're a grown man looking like Homer Simpson.
0: Like, what is happening? This right, and gentleman at Curly Afro <laughs> is where you should send all your tweets, uh, all your replies, all your mentions. My is
3: working, so you can send them, but... No, you're send good.
0: Them. You're good. You're good. So that's the thing. I don't know how to use... You know how to filter out words on Twitter. I'm still living in the 2009 Twitter age, where like Dwight Howard and Rudy Gay were the first people I followed. So now, <laughs> I, like people are like, "Hey, I put you on a list." I'm like, "Oh, does that mean I'm gonna get killed?" Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what that means. Like, what list am I on? Like, nah, are you a man, you
3: gotta. I mute as many words as possible. I block <laughs> liberally. Like, I block people for not being funny. Like, I like I'm a big. I don't play with people who play too much. So if you don't know me like that, don't play with me like that, because I will block you, and that's the end of it. Like Ooh. I used to say all the time, Tony. No, I used to say all the time, like, don't be weird. Like that's it.
0: That's it. <laughs> that's it. People don't understand it, and 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 oh, we about to get into some shit here. <laughs> I've been talking to let's let's keep it funky. I've been talking to twenty-five to fifty-four year old white men since I was nineteen years old, and as a caller since I was. 11, 12. That's when I first started calling the score. I was the only child that they would allow on along with my man, young Sam Fells, right? Shout out to Sam. And then I started working there, interning at 19. So I know who my audience has been for a very long time. And the whole, like, when you hear from especially a black woman <laughs> don't play with me. And then there's something after the don't play with me. It's serious. It's, it's real because there's a lot of playing uh, that, that, that goes on out here give people the background. Where where you from? How'd you, how'd you get this itch to write? I mean, I've said this and I know people who have listened to this podcast for 100 plus episodes now have heard this at least 10, 11 times. I know Jesse's probably tired of hearing it. Tony's probably tired of hearing it because he's been around me forever. But I have a special affinity for writers because it's something that I've never been able to master because my brain is always like I as a kid, I wrote things and I would read it and the end would be in the middle because I was already thinking about the end, right? Like my brain never was really wired for writing mm-hmm. in that way. So I appreciate it whenever I'm around a writer or whenever I come into close contact with somebody who could spin the art the way they can. How did you find yourself in this business, not only as a writer, but where did you start? Where are you from? Like, let the people know what they get getting when they read your stuff.
3: First of all, I want to tell you that putting the end in the middle is normal. I do it all the time. I write from the back to the top.
0: Oh, do I, you? Some,
3: yeah, some, sometimes okay. I start at the top and skip to the bottom. Like,
0: so in you my mind, so, so you start sometimes. This person ain't shit, and then you just work your way backwards. Is back. that what you exactly?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like a science experiment. Listen, like sometimes you have the hypothesis, right? Like you know what you think your ending is going to be. So I just write it. Like I see it in my mind, and sometimes it's like. I'll think of something i would be like, oh, that's cold. I'm going to write to that line. You know what I mean? Mm, like, that's why mm. I jokingly say I'm a rhyme writer because it's like, okay, I'm going to write to that line. I'm going to get to that point. Now, to go back to your other questions, I am born in Maryland, raised in Northeast Ohio. Um, I am not a full Ohio sports fan because why would I do that to myself? I would choose Chicago sports and then be also miserable, but in a different way. Um, We moved to Ohio when I was like literally turning 11. So my parents thought it was a good idea to take me away from my friends right before my 11th birthday to move to Ohio. I'm still selfie mom and dad. We'll talk about it later. Uh, But we moved to Ohio and. Sports is how I made friends. Like, it's how I got into, you know, circles. Like, the 90s Cleveland baseball team was legit, right? Like, Oh, yeah, you know,
0: Byerga and Bell and Alomar and all them boys. Kenny Lawson. yeah.
3: I moved to Youngstown, Ohio in November of 1993. So right before things got real good, I moved there. And all my homies in, you know, fifth grade, uh, fifth grade gifted program, right? That's uh, obviously where all the all the kids who are into sports are from originally. The gifted right. program, right? Um, <laughs> but you but no, and like, one other
0: black person in the gifted program. Hey. <laughs>
3: Except this is Youngstown, so it was like the reverse. It was like fifty black kids and like three white kids. Like I'm moving
0: to Youngstown then. I
3: don't know if you want to do all that, but like, <laughs> 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 but
0: like, shout out to know. Jim Trestle.
3: To the wild. Um, no, like, so that's where I grew up and I was always heavy into sports. I went to Cardinal Mooney. Okay. So people from Northeast Ohio know Cardinal Mooney is a part of the coach's cradle. Like mm-hmm. we have one of the winningest high school football programs in the state. Like um, the Stoops brothers went to my high school. They, you know, their, their dad was the coach. Like we got Got the whole, like, football legacy. So when you grow up in a town like that, Ray Boom Boom Mancini used to come to my high school for, you know, cheese sticks because it was also his high school. You know, Jim trafficking, the congressman who used to say, beam me up with the comb over, from my hometown, went to my high school. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm giving some little, some little Northeast Ohio history right yeah, here. Yeah, I,
0: I listen. I don't know where, <laughs> who else I was going to get it from, so I'm glad I'm getting it from you. <laughs>
3: listen, so, so, my high school was a big part of how I became a writer. I used to take creative writing with class. Boom, went to Loyola. That's how I came to Chicago. Um, ended up in Rogers Park. Um, I was at Loyola during the David Bailey, Corey Minifield years uh, when they were on the basketball yeah, team. Yeah, uh, So, yeah. So, I've been here for 20 years and I started writing. Well, I've been writing forever. I've always had a blog. I always, like, you know, have commentary. I always tell people there are no shortages of opinions in my house. Um, so, the sports writing just came easy. It's what I do. I think it's fun. I think, like being able to talk to people like you about ridiculousness in the city is like the best part of it. Um, and the writing, the topics, I don't know, man. I don't know where they come from. They just rain down on me occasionally. Watching TV, I find inspiration in conversations with friends. People ask me sometimes to write stuff. I won an award for something that somebody literally was like, I think you should write about this. And I was like, that's cool.
1: There it is.
0: There it is. (laughs) And shout out to the SWV reference, by the way. I heard you. I felt you on that one. Um, (laughs) Shakia Taylor joining us here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Brought to you by The Ring And, of course, Spotify is the gang. If I haven't said it before, you already know. Uh, Who in this city have you not interviewed yet that you are looking forward to interviewing or getting to sit down with?
5: Mm, Athletes? or Anybody. Anybody. So it's a... It's a it's a few
0: people. Besides, you know, obviously you get you getting this off your bucket list now, so you know that's <laughs> what already I was. I wanted to
5: interview you.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You.
0: We talked about chicken for twenty minutes right. while I was on the way to my mama's house. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah, I interviewed yeah. you first. Um. <laughs> so I actually, I really, really want to interview Dana Evans of the Sky. Yeah. Uh. So that's something that I'm trying to get to happen. Because, you know, she's from Gary. So she grew up pretty much looking at the city. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of cool that she ended up playing here in her first season. Won a championship. Got the Jordan deal. As a sneaker person, I think that's fresh. A woman, you know, like Jordan, winning a championship in the city of Jordan. So she's up there. Also, as an Ohio State fan, I want to talk to Justin Fields. Like, I want to know, like, What it's like to be Justin Fields because Justin Fields is real private, you know. Like he he posts his ads and stuff on the gram. He took his dad as his date. My brother, who are you seeing? We want to see this person. (laughs) Like, let us know. Like, you know,
1: everybody. (laughs) that is a young millionaire
0: in chicago (laughs) ma'am
3: and he is i respect it even more i respect it even more because you know i was saying this about another chicago athlete like if you still playing the game maybe don't get married maybe wait a little bit maybe don't put your relationship on the internet all of them but, you know, that's not what we talk about. <laughs> so, it uh, can
0: be. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely can be. This is What's the full go, not the half go. <laughs> I've been waiting for somebody to talk this shit right here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Dana Evans and Justin Fields are my top two as far as local athletes. I feel like everyone else has been, like, covered to death, right? Like, we got yeah. our Demars and our Zach's and our JAs mm-hmm. and TAs and whatever. So those are my top two. Now, media... I haven't interviewed Lawrence. I haven't had a reason to interview Lawrence Holmes. And Lawrence Holmes interviews me a lot. So I would like to turn the tables on him. But he's a master interviewer. And I feel like it would just turn into him interviewing me again. 100%. Like,
0: he would
3: flip it on me. And I wouldn't even know. And then I would tell my life story. 20 minutes later. I'd be crying like I'm in therapy. Because Lawrence got me spilling my heart. Like, so I would like to... Get to a point, because not today, Lawrence. I know you're going to listen. So don't even (laughs) offer. Don't even talk to me about it. until I. I feel like I got to get my energy skills up to the point where, because Lawrence is the Oprah of Chicago sports. Like, you talk to him, and you'll be like, when I was nine, my mom, she she told me I had to go to my room. Like, nah. So, Lawrence, (laughs) what's up, brother?
0: (laughs) Uh, and you did it just like Lawrence would too, by the way. There it is. <laughs> oh my God. Have you have you listened to the episode that I did with Lawrence like on his like one of his first ten episodes of House of L? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. so nice. So, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went into that thing like, oh, man, I'm about to talk to my guy. I pulled Talked up to, to his homie. crib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, I'm out here crying for 35 minutes and <laughs> figured that the world is ending and <laughs> and they going to do me like cap and all this, boy. I left you this crib. You rethinking your life? <laughs> oh, 100%. I left this crib like, man, you know I'm never going to work in this city again, right? right. <laughs> like, like, oh, right. dude, it was, it was all. And then I came back on the victory lap on my Nipsey Hustle shit like, hey, man, remember that shit? (laughs) That was crazy, wasn't it? I was just playing. I was just playing. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't playing. (laughs) Boy, let me tell you something. I can't stand the sound of my voice and I'm sure you know there's a whole bunch of 25 to 54 year olds that I was talking about out there like I can't either well guess what you clicked <laughs> on my pod, so you did it to yourself but I can't stand the sound of my voice but that's one of the interviews that I went back and listened to because I was like oh my god what happened did it feel as bad as it sounded and boy did I, you ain't lying when Lawrence Holmes sits down he's a sneaky interviewer too boy mm-hmm. like he knows mm-hmm. exactly what you want to tap into so he'll like walk you up to it and then just throw and Louise your ass off that cliff and next <laughs> thing you know you out here crying you out here you know telling your mom things that you ain't never told her before so shout out to the man Lawrence Holmes of the House of L Network um Truly, truly proud of that brother and what he's been for me in my career. Um, Lawrence met me when I was a child. (laughs) Okay. And and he, uh, him and Jay Hood kind of, you know, big brothered and like tried to shepherd me through a lot of things. I'm like, nah, this is the way it's supposed to go. And, And don't worry because I'm ready to run through it all for us. And and they, they just sat back and was like, all right, Jay. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate those two dudes. Um, you mentioned Justin Fields. You mentioned the Bears. You mentioned the Sky. Right now, what's the most interesting subject in Chicago sports for you? Not for the everyday fan, not for the people who have lived here. What, what right now you're like, man, this is intriguing. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out because we got the Cubs who um, have ra- well. The ticket prices haven't gone down and there's a whole bunch of buildings popping up around Wrigley Field, Mm -hmm. but seemingly they couldn't pay a lot of the people who are now New York Mets and New York Yankees and all over the place. Uh, And of course, you just mentioned the Sky, who has probably had the least covered championship in Chicago sports history, modern history, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and then the bears who are going to take us through our normal pain is the gang that we all fall under. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You your, your, your Cubs, Bulls or all Blackhawks faction, but the umbrella that we all fall under is the Bears. So r- right now for Shakia Taylor is, is the thing that you got your eye on in terms of intrigue in this city.
3: Okay. So present day, I'm going to go with the White Sox, right? Cause like, the White Sox are an interesting thing happening. The AL Central is just trash. Like, I don't know why people don't admit that. They, they stink. Even if you win the division, you stink. Like, there's that. And I say that as a fan of an AL Central team whose name I still am not used to. But anyway, the White Sox are incredibly intriguing because I can't tell if they're underperforming or if the expectations were just too high, a little bit of both. Like, I see fans getting... Like, the fans are so upset on Twitter, they're going after Stony. Like, when you're going after your color commentator, it's time to step back, y'all. It's time... Maybe y'all need to go on Lawrence's couch. Because, like, that is something that is absurd to me. Like, this man is just saying, have a little bit of faith. And they like, you don't talk to us like that? Like, bro, relax. Like... He's just doing his job. Like, his job is to ha- make you feel good about it. Right. losing. Yeah. He is supposed to find some hope, find some joy. That's literally his job. And they're like, they going nah, go to come like after yeah. your
0: ass now. Don't, don't you worry. They're work. Don't know. Really? <laughs> like, they don't coming up to really? you. Look at Tony's face. Tony, no. Tony, no. Tony, uh, shit. I will come by As soon a whole row at your ballpark.
3: Won't do nothing. I will Ooh. buy 20 tickets. Talk your $16. shit. $15. Ooh, I'll let your girl. I'll even invite you to come sit with me. But uh, anyway.
0: The snaps. The snaps. The, the snaps. The, the late 90s, early. odd right, snaps. Let's get it. Let's get it. She gonna buy a whole roll on your bum broke asses. Ah. <laughs> I don't have,
3: I don't have nothing against my friends because they struggling right now. Like, it's, it's <laughs> the hard times over there. It's hard time. <laughs> Did she just hard say time. I don't
0: have anything against y'all because y'all struggling? Did she just okay, walk that, past us on the street shady. just now? It's like, that hey, hey, that take a dollar. Take a dollar. Actually, take five. Take five. You look like you need Come two on, <laughs> Get <a kick> <laughs> Come God on, yo. kicking my down. Come on, yo. That has been the Shakia Taylor programming of you this gotta podcast. Think about it. Jesus. But I
3: but I said I'm looking forward because I don't know what y'all gonna do. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all don't know Get even, You, don't even, Get you don't even know if you are gonna be awake for the next few games. Like this is this is gonna be real interesting end of the season. We haven't quite reached the halfway point as far as like the all-star game and all that. So I'm curious, like, what they gonna do? What are they gonna do? I mean we could we could we could say they ain't gonna do shit, but like I feel like let's see what happens let I'm interested. You got my attention because the <laughs> Cubs don't. Like, Man. what are they doing over there?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Just treading water.
3: I mean, what are they waiting for? Like, this has been the most hilarious rebuild I've ever seen. Because it's like, what are you doing? Who are you building around? Won't extend Wilson Contreras. Who are these other dudes? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, listen, shake. It, it is. It hasn't been very often over the last half a decade to a decade where I can completely—I don't want to say completely—but there's there's Cub games where I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Caught the final." <laughs> I'm not even going. People know this. People who listen to this podcast know the vibes. Like I'm not going to lie to anybody. Like I'll catch one out of every three Cubs games. Like w- one game a series. So do
5: the Cubs. <laughs>
0: I mean, but you know, like I, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten too much backlash about it. My man, Big Joe in Atlanta, who uh, who is a, a faithful Cubs fan, is like, glad you said something good about the Cubs. Finally, I'm like, shit, man, they ain't got nothing good to say about them. Like, I don't know what to part. say. Beautiful ballpark, terrific, <laughs> terrific atmosphere, terrific atmosphere. You kidding me? I go to Wrigleyville and kick it when I, I do go I was just going to
3: say that I was at the Cubs Pirates games when the Cubs put up a football score. Okay, it was 80 degrees. It was lovely. You feeling like, good? Every, everybody out there, you know, teed up. But I promise you, half the ballpark was on that, like, patio off the Catalina Club, because that's where I was. The TVs wasn't mm-hmm. working. We just hearing people react to the game. We out there. Like, I think I had, like, two beers at a time. Like, whatever. Whatever. Like, Wrigley has the vibes. I know people like to hate on it or whatever. Wrigley has no, the no. vibes.
0: No, Ridgely right. is a good time yeah. for everyone. Exactly. For everyone, you I mean, you can find your pocket.
3: Our khaki shorted friends. Oh like-
0: yeah, the, oh yeah, the puka shells and the backward <laughs> visors. You feel me? Is a lot of Axe body spray still running around Wrigleyville. For sure, you feel me? for sure. A lot of Birkenstocks yeah. still jumping yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a yep. minute. Wait a minute. Now I got a pair of Birkenstocks. No, no, you can be thrown in there too. Like we like to do, you know, some of that shit every once in a while. You know, that's, cool. true. that's yeah. true. That's true. That's yeah. We make that's it true. funky. You know, mm-hmm. smells like Teen Spirit. Come on in the gym, in the party, and we we go crazy. Don't don't. That's a Matt
3: Cannon classic. R.I.P. Matt. Like
0: I'm just yeah. saying. Any, anytime you are in, like, shout out to my man Jay Iller. He does it like once every ten or fifteen times. He's spinning, but he'll throw on smells like Teen Spirit in a sea of black folks, and all of us look at each other like, oh no, no, we getting down. And then we start to get down and do our thing. You know that—that's what Wrigleyville is for us. We, we're just waiting for someone to play. Smells like Teen Spirit before oh, yeah. the, the anger of the, um a, a once proud franchise five or six years ago starts to boil to the top. Um, dude, I I enjoyed talking to you. I, I, thought, this to be, um, I thought this was going to be painstaking. I thought this is going to be pulling teeth. Um, you know, I had to talk to at least two or three people around you to even send that text message today. Ooh. So, so Ooh. I, I'm really, really happy. Don't do that. This. You ju- <laughs>
4: don't
0: do that. I'm really happy that you jumped on the show even after the new get, because, you know, I, there's, you know, Tony, certain times you get, you catch people on the Ascension. That you don't mean, know if they're going to take flex. your call. always
3: be ready for a flex. <laughs> Invite me on. Let me flex. Hey. One time for the
0: one time. You're going to mess around and make this Sundays with Shakira? Don't play around with me. Yo, that Go. could be
3: really fun, especially because I got this wine. I definitely pour it right. more so that right, everything's
0: right. a little teed up. I'm see, sorry. See, see. See now this is see. This is this is how we fuck it up. We this is how we do it. We 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 get in the spot and start we we start dancing in front of these folks. I'm just, just started here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right so, here. Tony, Tony, you know, Tony's gonna be the person to get in trouble for us having a good time on this podcast right now. It ain't gonna be Jesse. Yeah, Jesse's a made band already. Tony just jumped in, and I'm definitely gonna put this guest booking on Tony, by the way. Maddie and Tony shake.
3: is innocent. Tony That's is a innocent. goddamn lie.
0: That, that could I mean, be further I from the truth. I was truth. trying to help Tony. See what happened okay. when I was trying to help?
3: I was trying to okay. help. I was trying to okay. intercede on your behalf. And oh, the boy God. was ready to throw you under the bus. You see that? Oh, because I had a glass of wine. Tony, don't let him do you
0: like that. Wow. So <laughs> in division. So in division. Doing what she does best. This is uh this is the grand opening and grand closing of of Shaquille Taylor. <laughs> Shakia <laughs> Taylor <laughs> appearances on the pod. Shake, I truly truly appreciate you. You are uh you are a, a a cool soul. You are a fantastic writer, and you are about that business. And I appreciate you on each level. Like I, I take you seriously as much as I enjoy hearing and reading your stuff. So, uh. I'll have my people contact your people because I know this wasn't easy for you to do tonight.
3: You are getting on my nerves. Thank you very <laughs> much for having me. Oh, uh,
0: shit. Next time, next time we're going to talk uh, about why you couldn't come on last time and why I needed a three-week uh, window. Okay, Tony. No, we're never.
3: We're never talking about that yeah, for yeah. other people to hear. But if yeah. you want to meet up somewhere, have some hard and talk about it in person.
0: Let's get it. Let's we can get get
3: do
0: that. Tony, she she's got very exacting standards. You cannot, you know, you cannot come in her yard and try to play around. You gotta set times, you gotta set dates. Okay. She is You
3: know, he can't marry. He oh, knows. I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Shaquille Taylor, joining us right here on the Full Gold Podcast. Make sure you check out. T- tell them where they can check your stuff out. Because I'm not going. I'm tired me. of being your promo. What
3: I but I, I like having a hype man, especially a black man, hype me up. <laughs> no, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Curly Jason keeps telling all this Curly Afro because he's in his hairs. But it's did I
0: miss curly Did
3: I mess it up? Pro. Yeah, it's there's no Afro. Curly Pro. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. I'm
0: sorry. I'm drunk. It's all good. I apologize. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. It's, I messed up Dale and Terry's name. I'm messing up your Twitter name. I'm about to get kicked. Oh, before we let you go. Before we let you go. So, I hadn't seen The Wiz until last night. Okay. Is there a culturally relevant movie, television show, album, whatever, piece of art? that you haven't experienced that when it comes up in conversation, like, oh, damn, I hope I'd, I get out of this one okay because I don't care to, nor, you know, have I?
3: I can tell you that I have never seen uh, what is that Issa Rae show? It's it's secure. secure. Never seen it. Not a second of it. Never seen a second of it. Like, has never registered on my radar. I ain't even going to even lie to y'all. I'm not going to watch it. People talk about it to me all the time, and I'm like, "Great, beautiful gowns." I've never seen it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, I don't hate on it. I just, you know, I be watching but what, sports with other people, what, be watching but what's stuff keeping like that. you away from it though? I be watching sports with other people watching TV shows. It's for real. It's true.
0: So you ain't got thirty minutes during the day to check out, you know, to support the, the sister. Is that is that what you saying, curly fro?
3: Oh, y'all, like the show was like huge. It's not even on no more, right? Is it even in syndication? Like, it's just streaming. I could just stream it, right? There we go. Eventually, I will stream it. That's my answer. Eventually. It's not
0: even in syndication. That wasn't was her a- answer
3: a jab it was just like how you expect me to make a impact on the show if it's not even on the air no more
0: let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen that is we're what not happens. gonna fight about
3: this we're that's not what fight happens
0: about this. that's what happens when you get new money you can start i going on down, down the
3: road okay i'm gonna ease on down the road
0: hey wait till y'all <laughs> wait till y'all hear my review of that bullshit that i watched <gasps>
3: Ooh, I'm very interested in
0: how uh, oh, yeah. people... Yeah, because yeah, I looked love- at my, I was looking at my kid the whole time like, Jay, do you like this? And he was like, ah, I'm, nah. I'm like, ah, I can hide behind a five-year-old. Let's okay, but do you Let's-
3: know that like Stephanie Mills was supposed to be Dorothy?
0: She probably should have been.
3: But Diana had the money and the power and that's how she got that role. See, we just started a whole nother episode. I'm going to stop talking.
0: Yeah, you should. Be... You let them come after me. At yeah. Curly Fro, by the <laughs> way. At Curly Fro. Because somebody at Curly Afro going to be getting all the heat right now. But at Curly Fro, Shaquille Taylor. Uh, Shake, thank you so much. Look forward to doing this again. And um, next time we do it, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what we shouldn't mention anymore because, you know, the three-week window, I want to talk about what happened with that. I want to talk about that. I I pray for that. I pray for that, brother. I pray for him. All right. Talk to you soon.
4: It's the full go.
0: All right. That's all the time we have for episode 118 of the, I should call it the final go here because something might happen after this this podcast. All the time we have for episode 118 of the full go podcast. We want to say thank you to our production staff the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Tony Gill, for the fellas. Uh, I'm Jason, thanking you for downloading, subscribing to, sharing, rating, reviewing, doing whatever you do for this pod. We truly, truly appreciate you. Uh, Till the next time, hey man, stay celebrated and never tolerated. Be safe and take care of each other. And oh, by the way, stop telling women what to do with their bodies. We'll catch you next time here on the Full Girl Podcast.